Good evening, everybody. I almost said good morning. <laughs> Someone said that earlier. Shyla did when she came in. But um, I hope you guys are awake. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into this uh, study tonight in the book of Luke. So if you can turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 for our study tonight. And we welcome everyone online, and for anyone who's connected, first time, welcome to our Upcountry Calvary Church Wednesday night study. All right. Well, what a great time to worship the Lord, and I was just thinking, it's just so wonderful to be with Jesus tonight, and to have him here, and to know of his love. There's so many songs, huh, Zach, that you did, were like, Love, you know, God's love, how great is his love. And I was just soaking that in, you know, thanking God for his love for me, uh, even in my failures and all. So anyway, Luke chapter 12, let's begin with the word of prayer. Jesus, thank you so much for your love. Lord God, we come before you tonight and I thank you for grace, Lord. I thank you for mercy. I thank you that your mercies are new every morning, God, and we wake up to that. And even as we come, Lord, into our evening, and we've already had a day, Lord, that we live, God, thank you that your love is here to catch us, Lord, and your love is here to be with us, and your love is here, God, to forgive us and to, God, just bring us into your presence, Lord, cleansed, forgiven, made right with you. And I just pray for all of us here and anyone connected online that as we get into your word, that you would do just that, and that we would just confess our sins and be made right so we can hear from you. And I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would minister to our hearts and to our needs, Lord, and that you continue to change and transform us as you do. So, Lord, let your word, God, bring about that powerful transformation, and let your word speak, and let us hear your voice tonight. We ask for your Spirit's anointing, and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll never forget when our son had his first day of preschool. He was actually super excited to go. I think it was, it was preschool. I think it was first day of school uh, for him, at least preschool. And he, would, he was so excited, he, he could barely sleep the night before and you know I was thinking about that I think he still does that with uh, he's what was he what is he now 29 20 anyway he still can't sleep with when there's things that are um gonna uh, you know, be on the next day but he was so excited he could barely sleep and and er, very early in the morning while I was still asleep there while I was in bed and I felt like someone is staring at me and I opened my eyes lying down, and there he is. There's Justin, the, our first son, standing right next to me on the side of the bed. His face was just full of this eagerness. He had his backpack on already, and he was all dressed and ready to go. Well, as we return to our study in the book of Luke, Jesus teaches his disciples here in our passage, and he teaches how important it is to always be ready, always be watching, always be waiting for his return. So we must always be dressed and ready to go. So picture my son, that's how we were to be for his second coming. And that's the title of our message, Dressed 
and ready to go. We're going to be studying Luke chapter 12 from verse 35 through 48 tonight. We're going to take this next section in this chapter. And we've been slowly making our way through this book, the book of Luke. And Luke really has the longest chapters in all of the Gospels. And so that's why we're kind of staying in chapter 12 as we were in chapter 11, you know, for a little while. But we're going to take things uh, little by little here. And so verse 35 through 48 tonight in Luke 12. Now, there's three things we're going to see here and Jesus is going to talk about. Basically, uh, this wraps into our points and this is our outline. Number one, be faithfully watching. Number two, be faithfully doing. And number three, be faithfully responsible. So that's our outline for tonight. Title, once again, dressed and ready to go. So let's begin here. Number one, in our outline, be faithfully watching. Be faithfully watching. Now, we're going to be covering verses 35 through 40 in this first section. But first of all, let's take a look at our first two verses for tonight. Verse 35 and 36. It reads here, stay dressed uh, for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. So we'll stop right there. We begin with Jesus being the one speaking here. All of a sudden, someone's speaking. We can see it in quotes here. And this is Jesus. Jesus is the one speaking right here. And, and understand, so far in chapter 12 now, let's just, just, just think about this for a moment. So far in chapter 12, Jesus, he thought, first of all, that life is not about position or power. You know, like, like the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. They were all into that more than they were... Uh, for, with God, actually. And another thing we saw here in chapter 12 is life is not about riches, money, materialism. So don't get greedy. Remember um, that the guy came up, tell my brother, share the inheritance. It was, uh, and Jesus said, hey, life's not about covetousness. It's not about, you know, money and things like that. And then last time we saw that life is not about being all worked up, all anxious, all worried over food and clothing. Why? Because our Heavenly Father will provide for all our needs. And so remember, Jesus talked about that last time. So don't be so focused about life and all of that, because that's the way the world lives. You know, we're supposed to what? Invest in the kingdom. We're supposed to live for the kingdom of God. So in that, with that, we see that life is about uh, all about eternal things, right? Not the temporal, but the eternal things. So with that in mind, think about as we come into verse 35. Now, Jesus goes on to say, you know what? The eternal can come sooner than you think. And what is he talking about? He's talking about his return, his coming, basically. So that's why Jesus now says here in verse 35, stay dressed, uh, re Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. Literally in the, in the Greek, it's talking about stay dressed for action. Pull up your robe, you know, be, be, be ready to run. Be ready to, 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 to serve God. Be ready to, and that's the idea here. Just be, be ready here at this point. And then it says, keep your lamps burning. In other words, keep, keep the oil in the lamps, keep the fire lit in other words, no need to go to bed and go to sleep and, and, and just, you know, uh, turn off the lights and everything. No, be ready 
to serve, be watching, be ready for anything that the Lord would have. So here he's, he's saying, okay, stay dressed, be ready for that action, um, and then you know, keep the light on uh, in the room, in the house, in that way. So with that, he gives this analogy. He says, be like the men or the servants who are waiting, who are there faithfully watching and waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast. Now, back then, it was typical for a wedding and a wedding feast to last days. is isn't just a couple hours like we do today, but for days it would last. So you never know how long, you know, the master might stay, the person might stay, or the wedding feast will last, and then he might come home at any moment. So the servants were to be waiting, were to be watching for the master to come, ready at the door to let him, let him in as soon as he knocks, and, and that there's no delay in that. They're right there, ready to receive. So what Jesus is really talking about is his coming. Like, take a peek at verse 40. Luke 12, verse 40. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that later, but he says, You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So, so that's the whole idea. That's the whole, really, point he's saying. Be faithfully watching for Jesus can return at any moment. That's what he's trying to tell the disciples here. He can come back when he when he goes and when he goes back to heaven dies rises again. He can come back and return at any moment. So you guys you, you got to be ready for Jesus can return at any moment. So we got to be like those servants faithfully watching for their master to return. You know, there are 260 chapters in the New Testament. Out of these chapters, there's no less than 318 verses that speak about Christ's second coming. So statistically, that puts it at one verse in every 25 that mention the Lord's return. You know what that means? That means God is serious about his return. God is serious about Jesus' return. The Lord is serious. That that means that, you know what, if he's serious, we should be serious too about his return. We should be thinking. We should be faithfully watching for his return. Are you serious about that? I mean, uh, we're, we're in Revelation on Sunday, right? And we're talking about the future prophecies. And, and I'll tell you, um, uh, this Sunday, we're going to be talking about the, the temple that's going to be built in this next section. And, and I'm excited about that because there's been a lot of uh, uh, staging, I should say, and pre-setting up of this next temple, the Jewish temples that's going to be built, that we're going to talk about on Sunday, that's in the prophecy in the book of Revelation. So we see the signs. We see a lot of prophetic uh, signs or things that have been said in the Bible already here, already now. So we're, we're right there. So this is really applicable to us tonight because, oh, we're, we're living in a time where it could be any moment that the rapture happened, that Jesus comes and takes his church home to heaven. So are we serious about his return? That's what Jesus is saying. Hey, be faithfully watching for Jesus. He can return at any moment. I could say, yes, at any moment. Are we watching like with the lights on, right? I mean, what, what does that mean for us? I was thinking it means are we watching spiritually awake, yeah, with the lights on. Not, not going asleep spiritually, but that we're spiritually awake seeking Jesus, 
you know, we're, we're living for Jesus and more things are going to unfold as we get into this passage. But that's how we should be. We should be like these servants, faithfully watching for the master to return. All right, so verse 37, he goes on and says, Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. So then Jesus goes on with this analogy uh, about these servants who have been faithfully watching for the master to, to return. If they've been faithfully watching, then Jesus says, Blessed are those guys. They're going to be rewarded. They're going to be rewarded for their faithfulness, staying away, keeping the light on, dressed and ready and all. And how is that? How is that? How are they going to be rewarded? Well, this is super interesting to me in verse 37. It says, Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service. Who is he? The master of the house. He's, he's going to take off the wedding clothes and he's going to put on his like work clothes and he will dress himself for service and have them, the servants, recline at the table. Remember back then they would recline and eat. The tables were really like old Japanese style, you know, really low. And, and in other words, he'll have them sit down at the table and he'll come and he'll serve them food. Now, this is interesting to me because like, whoa, the master's going to do that? Well, it could be how it speaks about after Christ returns in Revelation 19 in his second coming, there's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb. You guys heard about that, right, in Revelation 19. So it could be speaking about that big marriage supper, the, the, the big meal we're going to have with Jesus Christ. And he's going to serve us. Interesting, isn't it? So, he goes on here, Jesus, to say that he'll bless those when he comes, in verse 38, uh, those who are still ready, dressed and ready, yeah, and watching for the master in the th uh, second watch or in the third watch if he finds them awake and waiting. What is that? Well, back then the Jews, now the, the Romans had their watches, but I believe Jesus was talking about the Jewish watches. They had their own watches. Um, uh, it's talking about two, the second or third watch. They had a, a bunch of watches. They were, No, just joking. <laughs> but the watches talked about a period of time at night. So the Jewish watch consisted of three of them. Roman had four, but let me talk about the Jewish watch. Back then, the Jews had three, watch, Jews had three watches. The first watch was from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. That was watch one. The second watch was from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And then the third watch was from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. So it spanned the evening time into the early morning. So Jesus saying that he's going to reward those servants that, that went all the way, right? Even in the second watch from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., I mean, most people go to bed, or for sure from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., you're out. Lights are off, everything, you're in bed. I'm not waiting anymore, right? So Jesus, it's Jesus saying, no, I, those are the ones who are blessed because they've been ready, dressed and ready. They've been faithfully watching. So here's what Jesus is saying to those Faithfully watching, Jesus will bless them for their diligence. Jesus will bless them for their diligence. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when on the last night of Jesus' life, Jesus asked the disciples to pray. 
if you remember. He asked him to pray. He went a little farther. He prayed himself. He came back. And he found the disciples not praying, but they were sleeping. And you know what he told them in Matthew 26, 40? He told them, and he came to the disciples, found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Now, I was thinking about that. What Jesus is saying, you know, watch, watch. For my coming, be faithful to watch for my return. It's like trying to pray when you're sleepy. It's like we can get weary in this crazy world we live in. It it can be hard to be faithful in looking for Christ's coming, to stick to living for Christ when things are going on. Maybe we're discouraged. Maybe maybe, um, we're getting pulled away and distracted. I mean... You and I, we we can get spiritually lazy about things sometimes when things get hard. But Jesus is saying, if you persevere, if you're spiritually diligent, God will see it and God will reward you if you're the one keeping, yeah, watch, faithfully watching even into the second or third watch. Then verse 39, verse 40 says, But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So Jesus kind of shifts the analogy here, and he talks about this master of the house, and, and he says, say if the house had gotten broken into. Say, say someone came and robbed the house, right? Well, he's saying if the master of the house knew when that thief was coming, he would not have left the house. He would have been, he wouldn't, have, you know, been there. Then it wouldn't have been broken into. This because the master, this guy's on watch, waiting for him. So Jesus is saying that that's the idea. Be ready. You must be ready because the Son of Man, which is a, a term from the Book of Daniel, which is another word for the Messiah will come at a time you do not expect. So in other words, Jesus will return at any moment, just like an unexpected break-in of a thief. So you should expect Jesus to come. Be ready. In 1 Thessalonians 5.2, Paul the Apostle wrote, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So, Faithfully watching means, this is what Jesus is saying, to be ready and expecting Jesus to come. That's the idea. Not, well, if he comes, it's when he comes. So you're always in expectation. You're always expecting Jesus to come. You're always dressed and ready in that way. So that's what faithfully watching means. Like if this master of this house, if he would have been home, he would have been expecting the thief. If he knew what time, he would have been there. So Jesus is saying, be there. Be there. Be faithfully watching. Be ready and expecting Jesus to come. You know, I remember the days when um, my teenage kids first started driving on their own. When they first took their car out, you know, like on, on their own. Um, at first, I was like, I told them, hey, you got to be home by 10, okay? By, I, think, I think it was something like that. Or was it 8? No. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think I was more merciful and gracious. You better be home by 10. And, and so, of course, right, when they first went out, oh, I stayed up. 
I'm listening for the sound of the car pulling into the driveway. I'm not going to sleep until they come home, right? I'm counting down the seconds to 10 p.m., right? Or here, you know, uh, and all the minutes when they were late and everything and scold them. But, you know, I'm, I'm up, I'm attentive, I'm watching out for them, making sure that they come home. Even later when they were allowed to stay out longer, you know, like to 10.01. No, just joking. Dude, like 12 a.m. I remember that. Okay, 12, 12. You got to be home by 12 a.m. I still couldn't sleep, you know. I left the light on. I'm going to leave the light on for you guys, you know. Uh, no, no, don't waste the electricity, you know. But, I, you know, left the light on. I still couldn't sleep. I'd still lie awake in bed even though I trying. And I'm waiting. I'm watching. Well, that's the kind of attention and watching and the kind of waiting that we are to have for Jesus Christ. Waiting really means expectation when Jesus is talking about that. Watching means like, like this great yearning right, for him, waiting for him to come. And that's what we want anyway. And that's what it really means to be faithfully watching, expecting that and watching in a way that you know he is coming. So that's why we always got to be dressed and ready to go. Let's go to number two now in our outline. Be faithfully doing. Be faithfully doing. Now we come to verse 41 through 44. And let's take this whole set of verses here right now. It reads here, Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. Now, at this point, Peter speaks up and he asks Jesus this question. Kind of strange, right? At first read, you're going, what is this? Peter says, Lord, are you telling this parable for us? Or for all, for everyone else. Now remember, Jesus is specific, or, or generally, or particularly kind of, I would say particularly speaking and teaching to the disciples at this point. I don't know, maybe the other people are listening in, but he's, he's really directing it to them. Um, and, but then Peter's like, are you like telling this for us? Is it particularly for us or for everyone else? Now, why would he, he say that? Well, because Peter seems to be more concerned about his position and the disciples when Jesus returns to set up his kingdom. That was part of it, right? When he, he, he was wondering about, hey, what, where are we going to be in all of this? Are you telling us, you know, because of this position we're going to have? Uh, what mattered to him was his part in the future kingdom. But Jesus kind of brings his focus back by saying, Wait, wait, wait. Uh, let's talk about the faithful and wise manager, or we know the New King James word of steward, right? Let's, let's talk about the steward who's taking care of the master's things while he's away at the wedding, like in the last parable. So who will have that position when the master comes back? Who will be set over the possessions of his master? Well, blessed is the, the servant who is found doing, notice that word doing, what the, uh, what the master wants when he returns. Jesus is like saying, Peter, it's not about having a position later. It's all about holding to obedience 
now, today. In 1 Corinthians 4.2, Paul wrote, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. What is that? Faithful in doing. And that's the important thing. I mean, when we're waiting for Jesus to come, we're not just sitting around. Jesus wants us to be faithful in doing. And that's really related to our last heading. Because to be faithfully doing is a big part of faithfully watching. Sometimes we think watching and waiting is just sitting there. But no, it's, it's doing something. It's doing. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Who, who's the, the, the real faith one? Who will be set over the positions? Oh, Peter, don't you understand? You've got to be doing. You want that position? You've got to be the one doing, being that faithful steward here. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was um, a pastor in Germany and was in prison in World War II for taking a stand against Hitler. Uh, he, he wrote some uh, famous uh, uh, books and commentaries on, but what his stand against Hitler and being in prison, that didn't stop him from continuing to write and speak the truth and faith in Jesus. While interesting, at this time, a group of German Christians there believed that Hitler was the Antichrist. And they believe, and I, I mean, kind of makes sense, right, if you're living at, the, at that time. Well, they believe he was the Antichrist and that that meant Jesus would come back soon, take Hitler out, and set up his kingdom. So they go to Bonhoeffer, this pastor, and said, Why do you expose yourself to all this danger? Jesus will return any day now. All your work and suffering will be for nothing. In other words, why go through all that when Jesus is coming back any, any minute? Just sit back. You know, just wait. Wait for his coming. Just relax. Well, this pastor Bonhoeffer replied with this. If Jesus returns tomorrow, then tomorrow I'll rest from my labors. But today I have work to do. I must struggle until it's finished. I love that. I love his heart. He's going to keep doing. He's going to be faithful at doing, being that steward, being what God wants him to be. This really spoke to me this week, actually, as I was studying. I mean, in all the struggles, sometimes I feel weary. In all the things that happen, sometimes I'm tired. But, you know, as I was starting to study this, I, I heard Jesus say, keep going, keep going, keep doing. You know, keep at what I called you to do. Keep doing what you know what you need to do. Not just sit around waiting, but keep at, keep going till I come. That, that's Jesus. That's our call today, you guys. No matter what's happening. I mean, yeah, it would be nice. Oh, Lord, come tonight and we could just sit and relax and, ooh, wait. You know? Come, come on. You know? But no. Jesus says, you know what? Yeah, be faithfully watching, but be faithfully doing at the same time. Maybe you f are feeling weary tonight maybe it's been hard to get up and get going but jesus is calling hey keep going keep doing be faithful because this is all part of being dressed and ready to go understand that that's part of it are you ready to go then part of it is that we're faithfully doing all right so we see number one be faithfully watching number two be faithfully doing and now we come to number three our last heading, be faithfully responsible. Be faithfully responsible. And here we'll cover the rest of our section here tonight from verse 45 through 48. But let's begin with verse 45. 
Jesus says, but if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will, interesting, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. We'll stop there. All right. If during the delay now, Jesus is saying, kind of taking this parable on, if during the delay of his master returning, say, from the wedding, and the servant thinks, I got time, he won't be here for a while. So he gets basically lazy morally. Uh, He puts living for for God, basically, or or being that servant uh, to the master. And he starts beating the male and female servants. He's like the steward, the manager of the household, right? So he treats uh, badly those under him. He just treats them really bad. And then he just eats the food. He drinks, drink, and uh, not basically not taking care of his own responsibilities that were given to him, and he gets drunk. He starts partying it up, right? He abuses his position and power by just doing these things for himself. Then, when the master does show up unexpected, all of a sudden, and the master sees what he's done, then the master will, it says, cut him in pieces. What is that? He's going to chop him up. No, he, he's going to basically punish him. It's just a, a saying. It's like when parents say, I'm going to skin you alive, you know, kind of thing. It's just a saying. The, the dad's not going to really take a knife and skin you alive. It's just a saying. Cut him in punishment. In other words, you're going to be punished. And the master will put him out of his house, uh, and he uh, will... Uh, be where the unfaithful servants are. The master due to uh, what he does with any unfaithful servant like that, he will put him out and he'll severely punish him in that way. Because why? He did not act according to the master's will. He did not do what the master wanted. So you can say this. This is a warning. This is here's the idea. This is a warning to unfaithful servants that do not carry out the master's responsibilities. So that's the basic idea here, that they're going to be punished in that way. You know, I think, in a way, Jesus, at this point, in this parable, was referring to the Pharisees. We've been talking about them. We've been seeing how the Pharisees put heavy burdens upon the people, on the Jewish people, with their legalistic rules, their traditions and customs. They, they, they're requiring the people to live up to them perfectly, and they basically beat them up with condemnation, abusing that power and position that they held there as religious leaders. Remember how the Pharisees were in their position, basically uh, they, they, they liked their lifestyle. They wanted to hold that position and power. And, and so it's like like this steward, yeah? Oh, just eating, drinking, yeah? Doing whatever they wanted. Uh, where they, the Pharisees, they were supposed to be doing God's will as God's representatives. But they did their own will 
and they did whatever they pleased. So I, I, I feel like Jesus is really kind of referring to the Pharisees and saying, hey, don't, don't be like that. You know, don't be like that, disciples. So this is the warning. The unfaithful servant will be held uh, accountable will be held accountable for disobedience. The faithful servant will be held accountable for disobedience. You know, it's funny how parents warn their young children, like, I'm watching you, you know, kind of thing, right? I'm, 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 even if I'm not look, looking at you, I know. And then children, what? They come to learn, oh, mom has eyes in the back of her head, right? Well, somehow she knows these things. Well, so is this thought, you know. I mean, just like a child, knowing mom's watching keeps the child from doing something he or should not do, right? And to keep them doing what they should be doing. Well, I think it's a similar thing here. Think about this. Knowing, not just that God sees, but really knowing that at any time Jesus can return at any moment knowing jesus will come especially when it's unexpected should keep you from doing what you shouldn't that's what the warning is the unfaithful servant they'll be held accountable for disobedience so hey know that that when jesus returns you'll be held accountable you know what i think no wonder that in every generation of believers god wanted them to see or live like they were the last generation. Why? Because that maintains that purity, right, in our lives. I mean, think about this today. What if the Lord came back? Maybe right when you're popping that pill you shouldn't. Maybe right when you're lighting the pakalolo, or right when you're taking that drink, or maybe watching some video you shouldn't be watching. Sometimes what we've been freed of, we go back to that bondage again. It's not smart. We're tempted and we fall. Maybe you're in that place. Maybe it's time to, 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 to live that new life that Christ has freed you from. Paul said in Romans 6 that, that we now have a choice, basically, in Romans 6, that we died with Christ. We've been baptized into his death. We've risen up with Christ now. And in this new life, we've been freed from our sins. So basically, we have a choice to yield ourselves to unrighteousness or yield ourselves to righteousness. We have that choice. And we should be motivated by the fact Jesus can come back at any time. Perhaps you may be thinking, well, you know, I'm okay for now. Yeah. Sometimes we, we, we kind of get pulled into this, this deception that, oh, I'm okay. It, I, I, I'll make it before Jesus comes. But are we really, are we really, is that really true, I should say? <laughs> yeah. There's an old fable where three apprentice demons were talking with Satan about their plans to ruin people's lives. And the first demon said, I got an idea. I'll tell people there's no God. Well, Satan replied, that, won't, that will not do too much damage for most people know that there is a God. The second demon said, I know, I know. I'll tell people there's no hell. 
Satan replied, no, that will only deceive a few. Most know that there is a punishment for sin. Then the third demon spoke up and said, I have it, I have it. I will tell people that there is no hurry. Well, with that, Satan smiled and said, go, you will ruin people by the thousands. That's a deception. Oh, it's, I'll do it later. Oh, I'll take care of it tomorrow. Oh, I'll change my life tomorrow. And tomorrow doesn't come because Jesus returns. All right, our last verse here, verse 48 for tonight. It says, but the one who did not know and did what uh, deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much has much was given of him, much will be required, and from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. So Jesus now ends this section with this thought, knowing that God is fair, though. In all of this and all that he's talking about, God is fair. Jesus is basically saying if someone does something wrong and they didn't really know or understand that that was wrong, they won't be punished like the servants who do know what's wrong. For someone, he says, who is given much, much will be required in return. Like if you know more, then you'll be held accountable for more. And for those who, who know much, much more basically, then much more will be required from them. In other words, they'll be held to that higher standard, a higher level of accountability. So it comes down to those who know what they should be doing will be held accountable to what they should be doing. That, that's basically the idea. No matter what, what that, how much you know or how much you don't, the little you, you do know, that you'll be held to that little. But if you know more, then you'll be held to that more. And if you know much, then you'll be held to that much. It hit my heart when Bruce Barton wrote, Clearly, in God's kingdom, no matter how small or large one's responsibilities in comparison to others is taken very seriously by God. So it's not comparing each other. It's really looking at what you know, what you've been given, what, what, what you know your responsibilities should be. So all this means this, and this is our last point. Be faithfully responsible to what God has given you specifically to do. Whatever that is, wherever you're at in your walk, wherever your place is in, in this kingdom and furthering God's work here on this earth, be faithfully responsible to what God has given you specifically to do. You know, I was thinking about this myself. God has placed me here living here on Maui, um, and, and, and it's here that I have this responsibility to do God's will and what he's given me. God uses me as a husband. God uses me as a father. God is using me as a grandpa now, uh, twice now with our second uh, grandchild. Uh, God uses me as a neighbor, you know. Uh, as a, a light wherever I go, and God uses me as a pastor here at Upcountry Calvary. And so here in our little corner of the world on Maui, our, our little church here, 
It's God's will that has brought me here to serve and minister. Now, I'm not perfect. I'll be the first one to raise my hand. Just ask my wife. <laughs> I failed my wife, my family, many ways, and even, even the church. And I'm not saying I will not fall again, but I'll tell you what. I will not stop trying and not stop doing all I can to fulfill my responsibilities before my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that, that's the heart. That's, that's what I want to do. And that's what Jesus is saying. Be faithfully, be faithfully responsible to what God has given you specifically to do, no matter what it is. And you'll be held accountable to what God has asked you to do. If you're a steward, a manager, if you're one of the servants in this household analogy, whatever that is, be faithful to that. A husband, a father, whatever that is, a, a grandmother, grandfather, what, whatever that is, a neighbor, a, a, a light at your workplace, maybe. Whatever, wherever God has you, serving in this church, whatever that is, be faithfully responsible to what God has given you specifically. That's really the doing here. That's the watching. You know, watching, yeah, we're watching, waiting, expecting Christ to come. And, and part of that, a, a big part is faithfully doing. And what is that doing? Is being faithfully responsible to those things. And maybe you haven't, but it's time to come back to that place. Maybe, maybe you, you know you need to be here in church on a Wednesday night. Yeah, Maybe. Well, you need to be faithful in what God has called you to do, to be in this place, even if it's coming to church, even if it's coming Wednesday night to serve or Sunday or, well, you know, wherever that place is, do His will in your life. That's what that means to be watching, to be waiting, to be doing, to be responsible. And this is what Jesus is bringing everything here to, in that waiting, be faithfully responsible to what God is giving you specifically to do. As we close up here and I think about watching for Christ and waiting for Christ and expecting him and, and continuing to do what he wants me to do, I want to close with this. In, um, in Tokyo, Japan, at the Shibuya train station stands a life-size statue of a beloved Akita dog named Hachiko. I'm sure you guys heard about that dog. I've, I've seen it in our, in our trips to Japan. Shibuya is, there's actually a, a famous uh, crossing there where uh, it's, it's the busiest crosswalk um, in the whole world. There's like one, two, like three of them. And when the lights are red and the people are crossing, it's just this mass of people. But um, there at the train station, right by there in Shibuya train station, is a statue of this dog named Hachiko. And, and I've taken pictures. We've been there. Why this dog? Well, there's a true story behind it all. It began in 1924 when Professor Ueno uh, Hidesaburo found Hachiko at a farm one day and brought the dog to live with him in Tokyo. Every day, Hachiko will accompany Professor Professor Ueno to the Shibuya train station where the professor would, would, would leave for work to go to the university he was working at. Hachiko would then just go home for the day and then on his own he would later return to the train station to greet the professor when he came out from the train. 
And every day, Hachiko greeted him. He was, Hachiko was there right when he came out of train station, train station, patiently waiting, wagging his tail. And then they walked back home together. Well, this routine went on for about a year. Until in May 1925, when Professor Ueno did not return. Sadly, he had suffered a cerebral hemorrhage and he died. So sad. But Hachiko didn't know about that. So after, uh, he, he kept going back. Well, after uh, the professor's death, he, uh, Hachiko did spend some time at a relative's house, but Hachiko ran away back to his home, basically, but his master was not there. So he went back to the train station and waited, but his master never came out. So Hachiko actually continued to watch and wait for his master days on end. Sometime Hachiko would go back home, seemingly like, he, oh, I'm going to check if he's at home. And he'd come back to the train station, always at the time when the trains were pulling in. And, and, and he, was, he was always wait, watching and waiting for the professor to come home. The regular commuters began to know Hachiko, the dog. They would give him food and treats. Vendors there would give him water and try and take care of him. And you know what? Somehow... He survived for almost 10 years watching and waiting for the professor, his master. And then he died in March of 1935. They say now Hachiko died, I quote, on the very same spot he last saw his master. By then, at his death, the dog's death, Hachiko was already a national hero. He had made in the news. You know, people knew who the dog was. And, and the nation actually mourned his death. It was headline news in Japan. His ashes were actually buried next to Professor Ueno's grave. And then today, a statue stands at the exit of the Shibuya train station uh, memorializing the dog. And it's right where Hachiko had faithfully watched and waited for his master. I love that story. It's inspiring to me, you know. God, I want to be like Hachiko. No matter what, I'm going to be waiting. I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be doing. And I hope that would be true for me, (laughs) no matter what. If for some reason God's grace upon this world, since he holds back the events of the end times, and allows more people maybe to be saved, you know, or, or more people to, to grow or someone to come back to the Lord, you know, after backsliding. Hey, I want to be still waiting. I want to still be like Hachiko. I hope that will be the same thing for you and be true for you too. But together, I pray when Jesus returns, he will find you and I faithfully watching and waiting. And with all of this, it means we're dressed and ready to go. (laughs) Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much, Lord, that you love us so. and You give us things like this passage tonight to stir our hearts up, God, to not have our heart wander to other things, but 
You ask us to be faithfully watching as servants, these servants did in the parable to their master. God, we are your servants, you are our master. And may we be faithfully doing, God, not just watching and waiting, but may that mean that we're faithfully doing what you asked us to do, that we would be faithfully responsible to all that you've asked us specifically to do. God, let us be obedient to you. Lord, forgive us for our disobedience and help us, God, to, to step up and to show you that, that we do believe you're coming soon, so that means we need to be doing, God, and that that's what it means to be dressed and ready to go. Lord, we are eager, God, to want to live for you. We're eager for your coming, and we're eager, God, to be home with you one day. But, Lord, that's all part of our relationship with you, and that is to expect and yearn for your return. And while we're here to be living and doing all, all that you ask us to do, living out your will. So help us today to live out that will. And whether it's with you in heaven, whether it's when you return and bring us to you, God, or whether it is here, right here on earth, God, we just want to be where you are and, and your will is where you are. So let us do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.